0: Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 266th episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle?
1: I'm doing great, Cameron. Uh, starting to starting to get over my sunburn a little <laughs> Sun, bit. I yeah. think my face is peeling a little yeah, bit. Only yeah. like one side of my face. Oh, Sure. But- yeah, I've heard I've heard some horror stories of various people who attended the Mizzou game who are dealing with much worse sunburns than I had.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was feeling it on my right side. I think Producer Cameron got the worst of it oh, of the yeah. three of us. But yeah, I was uh,
2: I was peeling already the next evening.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. You get there, it was like fifty degrees outside, and then all of a sudden. It was like the hottest 58 degrees I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. Just sitting there baking in the sun. Sun
1: beating down.
0: If you dip down into the, like under the bleachers to the concessions or whatever, it dropped like 15 degrees. It felt like.
1: Yeah. I got there. We got there at what? Like eight in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, is this hoodie going to be enough?
0: <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah I, I was packed like an extra a jacket and gloves and all kinds of stuff. And then gloves? turns out I had gloves just in case. Okay. You want cold fingers? No. Well, I left them in the car, so. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that LSU game. We were there and had a wonderful time. We'll tell you about that, and we'll preview the Kentucky game and do a little mid-season review of the football team. Uh, before we get into all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us, and, of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. Uh, talking about that LSU game, yeah, I guess we'll just start with um, what an incredible atmosphere. Honestly, we were talking about before the game, like we went to the Mizzou-Kansas basketball game last year and how electric and how fun all of that was basically right up until tip-off. and The actual game started. Yeah, right up until the actual game started. And we were kind of joking around when we figured out this was the game we were going to go see, um just thinking about well at least we'll have that again especially like undefeated no matter what how the game goes we will have that electric atmosphere you know be kind of partying beforehand and uh lucky for us that fun continued up until about one minute left in the football game
1: yeah yeah that was my fear even though i felt like you know, we we have a, a very realistic chance of winning this game. I think we both picked Missouri to win mm-hmm. last week on the show, but uh, that was like my only hope, really, uh, other than a win, was just carry the momentum into the game. Like, let's see, an yeah. exciting game. Please don't Mizzou Kansas this thing where it's over in five minutes and we're just like, well, uh, do we yeah. time to go home? Yeah. Like, don't don't make me do that. Don't make, yeah. don't make me go there. And that didn't happen at all. It was like a super fun game, just back and forth mm-hmm. uh just great offenses and uh obviously didn't end how we wanted it to but it was a really incredible experience
0: yeah i think the uh it was as packed as i've ever seen it in person i think i think it i was mean for me. uh right up there with any other time that i've been on a sellout and um got a shout out brit and everybody at the Wright and associates tailgate the lot p Lot P, the Missouri Tigers lost the game, but the tailgate was 2-0. and We had <laughs> breakfast before the game. It was fantastic. And then came back afterwards for burgers and Luther Burden chips. Uh, really couldn't have asked for a better experience there. And uh, we got to see Tim and Tyler and Matt and some listeners. So, yeah, that every bit of that aspect of it, even uh, driving back and forth, I don't know. It was just so fun. Like literally everything but the last minute of the football game.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. The crowd was awesome. Uh, the the M I Z Z O U thing that goes back and forth. That's always such a cool moment. And uh, like the Z O U after like a uh, like when we first get first down. down. Yeah. Man, that's loud. Yeah. Everybody's ready for it. It was hitting hard. It was hitting for sure. So
0: hopefully there was a lot of not hopefully, but there was a lot of recruits um, there and hopefully they, you know, just sort of soaked in the, uh, the atmosphere and everything, because I don't know if you telling me we've got like Ryan Wingo and, uh, you know, a handful of other, other, uh, big time recruits showing up. That's the atmosphere I want them experiencing. Absolutely. Even with the loss, it was like, you just get the vibe like, yeah, it'd be fun to play in front of this crowd.
1: Yeah, for sure. And not only that, but, uh, Luther Burden, in the season he's had, yeah. in the game he's had, Brady Cook being from St. Louis, and mm-hmm. some of that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I feel like you you put the talent on display. The crowd was incredible. Um, everything except for the not getting the win. It really was about as good as it could have possibly been. I was seeing tweets and stuff from before that there
0: was like close to seventy recruits.
1: Yeah, there. Yeah, massive, massive visit date. That's why, including like some of the biggest guys in the in the twenty twenty four class. So. Ryan Wingo was there and uh, Jeremiah McClellan Mm -hmm. was there and uh, a host of others. So um, sounds like they did a good job (laughs) showing off what what Mizzou can be and um, hopefully we'll continue to to reap the benefits of obviously Coach Trinkwit's really good track record with recruiting, but also kind of backing it up with the play on the field and uh, and NIL stuff. I mean, that's probably like this is our window. Yeah. Uh, to hit the nil stuff hard, get get your money earlier than you're gonna get it anywhere else. Uh, kind of have everything the stars aligning for mm-hmm. recruiting right now, so gotta gotta make the money now though.
0: Yeah, Mizzou in football or basketball has not been on the right side of that uh, kind of timing very often over the years. Um, but as far as the game itself, honestly, it was the fireworks, uh, high scoring, high flying offensive shootout that we kind of expected and we're hoping for. Missouri's offense got off to a fast start, got the ball in Luther Burden's hands. Um, Brady Cook was making throws. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was back-to-back plays. Um, he put it right on Weiss in the end zone, but it was dropped. They go right back to him. Another perfect throw mm-hmm. right into his hands. Just He doesn't have to... He's running the exact same pace through the entire route, just drops right into his hands. Uh, for a touchdown that was really impressive they grabbed that two-point conversion to take an 8-0 lead and um basically the whole first half well the first half up until the brady cook interception you couldn't have asked for anything more from the offense i don't think
1: yeah they were playing really confidently and going to their go-to guys and i mean i think luther burden had 100 yards receiving by halftime mm-hmm. and yeah uh had some good plays from Daniel Blood who stepped up and Marquise Johnson was there and uh, Mookie Cooper had some really nice plays. They really kind of shared the wealth, but also, um, you know, Luther Burden and Theo Wees with kind of the main two guys were, were really playing well. So it was like, we knew the LSU defense was, especially the secondary has been really bad and it, it looked like they really knew the scouting report going in. Like they weren't trying to run all that much and I mean, you can tell why the, yeah, the defensive front for LSU is really, really good. And, uh, the secondary has been super suspect. And so they were taking advantage of that early, but it did feel like LSU kind of tightened up in the secondary as the game went on. You know, I don't know if maybe the offense wasn't playing as well, but it felt like LSU's defense made adjustments.
0: And I also think that they were getting a little bit more pressure on cook in the second half and making him speed things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, in in the first half, um, Schrader got a touchdown. Norfleet got a touchdown, his first of his career. Um, Mizzou had a twenty-two to ten lead with five minutes left in the half when Brady Cook threw his first interception of the season, breaking his streak, which he had just talked about in the press conference the week before that we talked about on the episode last week. That that's going to happen. You know he's not scared of it. So got that out of the way, but that interception just kind of seemed to throw things off for the offense for a little while because LSU immediately just scored easily. Um, and Missouri was lucky to get a field goal there to end the half. They had an opportunity with the ball and had a penalty and just ended up, I think, uh, Mivas had to kick a 50 yarder to even get three points there going into the half. But the, uh, Score at halftime was 25-17 Mizzou, and it was kind of like, okay, this is very solid. I mean, I heard the the radio broadcast say 25 points was the most for a Drinkwitz-coached Mizzou team in the first half of an SEC game, beating the previous high, which was 24, against LSU in 2020. And I don't know. It just felt like, okay, we're on pace to score 50 points. That should be enough to beat this team. And um, But that that little offensive lull that seems to creep in, even when they're clicking for the most part, we still get this little lull where just not a whole lot going on and teams are able to get back into it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like Going into halftime, it felt like we could have probably been up by more than we were. Uh, I guess we would have been up by 8. And um, we were going to get the ball. Yeah starting the third quarter i actually missed half the third quarter standing in line for a drink but uh, i was kind of watching this i was kind of i could see the big screen yeah uh so i was kind of watching that but if the vibes were just totally different in the third quarter and brady was struggling a little bit uh mevis missed a kick in the third quarter which you know could have made the game different if he had Mm -hmm. made that so yeah this was definitely a game of momentum and uh, first half was great and came out really um aggressive even lsu's first drive they were came out very conservative mm-hmm. but they realized they were going to have to turn it up um eventually because missouri was playing so aggressively on offense
0: yeah uh that was one thing that surprised us was lsu was pretty committed to running the ball um I forget his name, with Diggs, Diggs. Yeah. Uh, consistently throughout the whole game, and yeah. he was effective. Yeah, uh, Both of those things surprised me. I don't know. They must have seen something in film leading up to this game where they felt a little bit more comfortable challenging Missouri's defense on the ground, and so maybe a little bit of disappointment there that they weren't able to shut that down a little bit more effectively. It's one thing for Daniels himself to be mixing it up with his legs, but I would have guessed – And we did talk about going into it that um, Missouri's defense would would do okay with slowing down digs and making sure Daniels would have to do it himself. Yeah, which he didn't have any problem doing either. But no,
1: yeah, uh, I was I was pretty surprised that by that, but you know it makes sense that you know Daniels can't. Well, I was going to say Daniels can't uh, carry the team by himself, but he definitely can. Uh, I feel like maybe that's something that they identified as a way to just make Daniels even better was just add one more threat to the offense like we got to commit to the run game because it you know it makes defending the the read option even more difficult but Daniels just man we knew I mean we talked him up last week we we knew how good he was coming into the game and he might have been even better than I thought he was going to be and was just so consistent played through an injury too yeah and man he's a really great player
0: Yeah. Um, one thing that kept me optimistic about Missouri's defense throughout the whole game was there were multiple times where LSU got down to into the red zone and they just couldn't quite punch it in at first. And then they were helped by some penalties and, um, it was just like kind of messy, multiple trips down close to the goal line for LSU, which I was looking at as a kind of a positive that they didn't just punch it in, in one play once they got down there. But uh, I think they they got in yeah every time they were kind of in the uh goal to go situation um Daniels though he was incredible and the second half was really uh the J- Jaden Daniels show there was a a moment there like you mentioned where he was hurt and the backup quarterback came in for a couple plays totally different vibe too Oh man I if if Daniels wasn't able to come back in this game that it would have been smooth sailing for Missouri I think uh, not only was he the one that kept LSU in it, but that other quarterback seemed a little bit lost and the crowd was hyped and, yeah. uh, yeah,
1: he, yeah, he was not going to get the job done. I don't think,
0: um, yeah, so with Mizzou's offense, a little bit stagnant, uh, Jaden Daniels gave LSU a 27 to 25 lead, uh, with that just wide open touchdown pass um, I forget his name, the guy that's like leading the country in touchdowns. Brian Thomas. Yes. Um, he caught that one and then uh but they Mizzou answered. Schrader got a touchdown to go up thirty two twenty seven. Then the fourth quarter was Jaden Daniels just
1: making plays. Yeah. Jan- yeah, you thought the second half was uh or the third quarter was Jaden Daniels show it ramped up even more in the fourth quarter, which is typically what great players do, but Man, he was unstoppable in the fourth quarter.
0: So I wrote down here four plays in particular that I called uh, Jaden Daniels heartbreakers where Missouri's defense was in a good spot and then he just bails out LSU. Uh, Daniels, for the game, only threw the ball 21 times. It was 15 of 25 passing, 259 yards, three touchdowns, 130 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. So 389 and four touchdowns, zero turnovers for Daniels, but, uh, first quarter Daniels in a first and 20 after a penalty on the Mizzou 27, he escapes pressure from Hopper runs for a gain of 19. Uh, then we kind of keep him bottled up. He's going, has the injury, uh, a little bit, but the fourth quarter, these three plays were absolute backbreakers for Missouri's defense. Fourth quarter, third and nine on the LSU nine. Daniels evades pressure from Niles Gaddy, I think it was, runs for a first down. Fourth quarter, third and three from the Mizzou 32 yard line. Uh you standing right next to me said quarterback draw before the snap. Sure enough, Daniels QB draw goes all the way for the touchdown.
1: I felt like that was so obvious. Like yeah. they had just empty backfield, they spread every they had five wide. Yeah. Like spread everybody out light box it was like this is the dream scenario for a mobile quarterback to just take this thing to the house just immediately too. there was no hesitation as soon as he got the snap he just ran it right up the gut
0: and then uh again in the fourth quarter this time third and five from the lsu 40 daniels keeps it uh looked like maybe a read option uh gains 30 yards and then the next play is the easiest touchdown pass you've ever seen in your life to uh neighbor's
1: yeah, he just uh,
0: turned it on, and and Missouri could do nothing to stop him. Yeah. They were even getting hands on him on some of those runs, and just nothing. Right.
1: Yeah, those those three plays in particular are so demoralizing. And I was watching some of the highlights back, and that play, the first one you mentioned of the three, where mm-hmm. we yeah we're like third ins- and nine. Yes, we're way inside back there. of uh LSU's ten uh, yard line. Yeah, and defense have been playing pretty well up until that point. I can't remember how we got there. I think we, we had a really good punt or something mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also there was a penalty so yeah. it really backed him up and we were in the backfield, should have wrapped him up and just he found a way to get out of it and I feel like that's just what makes those players uh, those mobile quarterbacks so dangerous is you know, just having to go back to the line and just you know have those fresh set of downs is so demoralizing yes knowing how close you were to just getting the ball back and making a stop and, and i think they drove the entire field and scored i think that was the same drive where he scored on the quarterback draw later yeah so it's just so tough to play against players that are that talented that resilient
0: yeah and i was trying to we'll be jumping around here a little bit but i was trying to kind of get my thoughts together about the mizzou defense and their performance and I don't know. I just couldn't bring myself to be too negative about it because some of these players on this LSU offense are just incredible. And, you know, they go three deep at wide receiver with elite playmakers and uh Dig showed what he could do on the ground. He was very efficient and, you know, we had drives that ended the way we wanted, like LSU got into the red zone at one point point. And there was a big play from Chris Abrams Drain batting a ball away where he just had his guy locked up and LSU had to settle for a field goal. They were getting enough wins in a few spots to where I couldn't be too terribly negative. I guess the worst thing for me is the amount of times they kind of got Jaden Daniels off of his read and got him moving around, but then couldn't couldn't really bring him down couldn't keep him bottled up
1: yeah yeah i think it was
0: like they needed to get to him quicker the first guy that got there had to make a play or else it was going to just
1: yeah it's like you can't you can't even have like a traditional pass rush against a player like this like you have to just try to keep the edge or just try to keep him you know bottled inside with you know you can't let him get to the sideline that kind of stuff so i do feel like you know it looked like we had like a pretty good pass rush and then he was like okay thanks just i'll step up and uh run it for 10 plus yards and i don't know man like you know we're not we know how we don't have the best depth at defensive line it looked like those guys maybe got a little fatigued by the end of the game um that depth of lsu maybe took over a little bit at the end because the the fight that they had to put in to score in the first half just it wasn't there in the second half they were scoring at will and um yeah, I mean, no turnovers either. That's just – you're you're just never going to win that game, I think, if you don't turn them over at least once, and that just never happened. And that's one thing Missouri has really stu- struggled with all season. I think they've only turned the ball over four times all season. So yeah, they really needed something to break like that with just how good LSU was the whole game. And, you know, I think we kind of talked about that last week in our preview was um, – that's probably how I see LSU winning this game. Is Missouri's defense is going to be good? They're they're solid, but LSU is going to get theirs. Do we do we think Missouri's offense can can keep pace in a shootout? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty yeah. much what happened.
0: They did, and Missouri's offense kept pace for almost the entire game. Yep. Um. Yeah. When it came down to the end, um, LSU took a forty-two to thirty-nine lead. Um, Missouri's offense did wake up uh, a bit. Uh, they scored once in the third and then once more in the fourth. Um, Schrader ended up with three touchdowns on the game, I believe. Um, but LSU goes up 42 39. And then in the ensuing drive for Mizzou, uh, that was the one where Cook hits Weiss for a big gain on a screen, first play.
1: Almost get to field goal range in one play.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. This was one of those things where they're going back and forth, and it's like both teams just keep scoring so fast. Yeah. There was was one like probably LSU scored twice with a Mizzou score in the middle where it was just back and forth.
1: Yeah. At this point in the game, I think there's about two minutes left, and there's so much that happened after this. Mm -hmm. But um, it really did feel like, okay, we just got this like 30-yard gain on a screen. We just got to field goal range. Like we almost need to slow the game down so we can just have the ball last. And try to score here like obviously a field goal ties it so you were trying to score a touchdown ideally but um that's not exactly how this drive went (laughs) yeah so uh
0: right after that they hit mookie cooper for nine yards setting up second and one or uh, right around midfield but on lsu side a little bit i think uh and then we get a snap infraction well before that pass play from brady cook gets batted down at the line then on third and one, a snap and fraction moves us back five yards. And weirdly, um, not in the post-game press conference, but the press conference about Kentucky, Coach Drink was asked about that play. And uh, because another thing in this game was the refs kept calling uh, what's the disconcerting, disconcerting signals. signals. And on the uh, in the stadium, we couldn't quite hear it, or at least I couldn't, and I didn't make it out every time. But eventually, I I heard them say defender clapped while the offense was set that's what they said every time and i went back and i did see uh that happening. the lsu
1: players doing that
0: no 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 when they called it uh both ways mm-hmm. i saw what they were talking about okay. it just never would have occurred to me that that would be a,
1: a penalty i don't think i've ever heard of that penalty in my life
0: yeah one in particular on mizzou like rake straw you clearly see him clapping and trying to get it looked like he was trying to get another defender's attention to be like and oh. then he like points something out or whatever interesting but yeah i mean they're using the, the offenses are using the clap for their cadence and everything yeah i mean
1: but, Brady Cook yeah. does it on just about every play
0: right so drinkwitz was asked uh with those disconcerting signals called and the uh you know snap infraction did t- did connor Tollison say if there was anything like that going on and drinkwitz
1: very long pause
0: yes he said i better not answer that considering the rules about talking about officiating i went back and looked i didn't see any clapping but you know whatever it, Cause that,
1: it yeah it was like a some weird thing where did he i don't even know what happened like, Tallison
0: just snaps the ball early okay like before the entire looked, offense was it set it looked
1: weird in yeah. real time but i still wasn't really sure exactly what happened
0: So that backs up Missouri five yards. Then the next play, Brady Cook does not notice the LSU defender coming around his blind side and gets stripped. Missouri takes over – or not takes over, but they they get on the ball, and that brings up fourth and 30 or something. Fourth and – 32. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like I just want to pause here for a second because it feels like there was so – like I said, there was so much that happened after this that I feel like I forget – how close we really were to the end of the game at that moment mm-hmm. where it was third and one or second and one or whatever it was. We had one yard to go basically in field goal range where you know we have the ability to kind of control our destiny. And probably the worst thing that's happening in most cases is we're just kicking a field goal. If Connor Tolleson just doesn't have a snap infraction on third and one, like who knows what happens in that game? And I would pay a lot of money to be able to go back in another dimension and find out (laughs) but it's uh it's so demoralizing knowing uh how truly close we were to tying this game up or maybe even winning it on that drive and yet there was so much that happened after it um because of the mistakes that were made
0: so on fourth and 32 even the third and six you'd like to have you know a couple retries at that one sure um Producer Cameron and I were on second and one and third and one. We were just like begging them to just run the ball and get a first down. Yeah, and but don't uh, be cute. Yeah. Um. So fourth and thirty-two, they try a play, a uh, hook and ladder play uh, to Weiss. that gets them a chunk and makes it a little bit more manageable for the defense. But
1: yeah. gets uh, LSU out of field goal range whenever yeah. they get the ball back. And
0: that, looking at what happened, that looked like that was goal number one was. Let's just try to get a chunk here and get them out of field goal range. If something happens and we're able to get the first down, incredible. But just trying to buy a little room for the defense, it looked like. Still had three timeouts.
1: Do you think going forward on fourth and 32 was the right decision?
0: I mean, like I said, it kind of looked like the play call wasn't exactly what... I don't know. There's not really... How do you have a go-to play call for fourth and 32? Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. That that play right there didn't seem like that was it.
1: Do you feel like there was more to that play potentially that didn't happen? It felt like there was a couple of different options that the players had in the moment. Yeah, watching do. it
0: back. I mean, Luther Burden is over there kind of on the near side on the TV view just with nobody around just him. Just
1: waiting for a pitch potentially. Yeah. yeah, or
0: looking back at it, I would almost, I would rather him just throw it to him immediately just to and just see to what him. he can do because oh, yeah. the defense was way back, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, 30 that yards. was part of the
2: problem why the play— it was too far. They were already, like, way too far back for exactly. them to even, like, be fooled by anything. Like, exactly. everything was in front of them.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you might as well just throw it to Luther and see what he can do.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think, I mean, at the time, I think you even said maybe we're going to have to punt. Like, in real time, mm-hmm. when we were watching the game together, and I said, I don't know that we can. Yeah. But we did get the ball back. That's true. So, it's like, I didn't think there was enough time. I mean, there's a minute and a half left. Yeah like I honestly thought if we give LSU the ball here they can probably take a knee but that was not the case.
0: Yeah, I mean three timeouts, they had to get a first down and LSU gets the ball back and doesn't get a first down. Uh I think let's see here. Yeah, they run it uh with Diggs twice and Daniel's once and, and that's
1: when Daniel's like fumbles it. Yes. Oh,
0: I actually kind of forgot about that a little bit. That was another yeah, moment. Like
1: there was so like there was so many chances where it was like it was they were almost opening the door for something just absolutely insane to happen.
0: Uh the hope that that inspired in that stadium for a split second was something else.
1: Uh I will literally never forget the oh my god <laughs> that you let out like whenever he fumbled it like <laughs> just kind of like the ball hit the ground. Yeah. It, 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 it looked, was a legitimate fumble. It
0: looked like that was going to get like it was happening he, we, yes. the miracle was going to happen but of course it just lands just you land, know, five feet away from him yeah, right back up in his hands just goes and picks it up
1: oh that man. i mean that would have erased like five years of like yeah. just horrible luck and in, in, in that moment if somehow there is robinson because i think he's the one yes. that was putting pressure on him yes if somehow he ends up with that ball yeah because he win the game yeah well, let me that, let, that's let me look. the most improbable thing that could ever happen
0: that was second and eight under a minute left 50 something seconds left and that's all every like everybody in the stadium just going okay what could possibly happen here they're in the shotgun maybe they fumble the snap maybe it's a bad snap snap it over his head give please let a miracle happen and then when he loses the ball it's like it's happening yeah no Could a tease couldn't be couldn't be uh yeah he gets the ball back but then he then they have to punt Missouri's gonna get the ball back very little time left, no timeouts,
1: but we're going to get the ball back. Was this the greatest punt of all the time? The
0: greatest punt of all time. He sends it out of bounds where nobody can return it, and it goes out of bounds at, like, the Missouri five-yard line. Just, I mean, getting full points on the coffin corner p- kick uh, minigame <laughs> there. <laughs> like, uh, platinum medal for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Missouri gets the ball back, 40 seconds left, and... Uh, brady cook throws a pick six that
1: and lsu covered
0: that was it they covered the spread
1: it's weird to think how much happened after we try after we attempted a hook and ladder (laughs) exactly there was like two different (laughs) like changes of possession that happened after we tried the most desperate play in the world
0: there was a little bit more desperation when mevis kicked a 54 yard field goal he missed it but the plan there was to make the field goal and then kick an onside kick with three seconds left in the game but nope 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 couldn't oh just reliving it right now it's just like
1: it's very painful
0: yes the energy was so high every the stadium was so loud on third downs and you know lsu had a couple false starts the stadium would get even louder
1: I know it's very, it's very emotional to just think about like, what if we just win that game?
0: I'm picturing the football in the air, you know, three or four feet away from Jaden Daniels in the air. And yeah, but then if I look closer in my mind, I see no, not really any Missouri Tigers near.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And all I'm thinking about is just go back to the third and one and snap the ball normally like you do hundreds of times a game. Uh, yeah i mean it just uh to go back i guess to that offensive line penalty it just almost is starting to feel like i expect it in a big moment the offensive line has really has really hurt us with even you know going back to last year uh this group has not had a great great uh track record with clutch plays or like just not doing a penalty in like yeah. the worst possible time yeah
0: well and and uh Drinkwitz talked about it in his press conference he said you know, when you're kind of looking at the first half of the season now, what needs to change in the second half of the season, he specifically mentioned pre snap penalties from the offensive
1: line is just And not even penalties, but like there's been at least once, maybe twice, where Tollison snaps the ball and Brady's not ready for it and stuff. Yeah. Like, man, we have to figure that stuff out. That that stuff is so backbreaking, especially in a close game like this where you just you cannot afford to give the ball to the other team because you'll just fall behind.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about Tolleson specifically, and it, it he is still just a sophomore, and he's
1: he's playing a lot better this year than he did it last year. Yeah,
0: and and he's still a sophomore, and I can sort of paint that picture in my head. I'm I see the narrative forming of him as an upperclassman just cleaning that stuff up and yeah. being stellar. I think so, uh, at least like as a senior. That's a ways away, but that's some growing pains for need sure. the rest of the offensive line to kind of grow around him and the whole unit to be successful, but seems like we've had a little bit of a mismatch where it's like interior of the offensive line is solid and we're giving up too much pressure on the end and then when we've got the pressure sort of figured out then we're not getting the push in the run game and we got young guys committing penalties it's just hasn't quite formed into that you know that sort of like 2013-14 offensive line
1: yeah Mm.
0: um Missouri ends up losing. What was the final score? 49 to 39.
1: Yeah, you mentioned something after the after the game on the way home that scoring 39 points, you should probably that should probably be enough points to win. Do you feel that way still against LSU? And
0: that's funny. I was thinking about that uh when I was watching the highlights and looking at LSU's schedule uh in order to beat them this year, you have needed to score uh let's see well Florida State scored 45 and Ole Miss put up 50 something
1: so yeah you thought that Mizzou LSU was a shootout yeah uh, LSU Ole Miss was even up a notch from that that was just nobody's playing defense in that game
0: and I wonder if LSU running the ball more against Missouri was kind of like a let's just try to make the time of possession, make a little bit more sense here. Let's try to slow this down a little bit. Right. But uh, no, I I can see, I don't know, it's tough because you think a SEC defense, your offense puts up 39. You'd like to be able to win that game. I think I still kind of stand by it because you've got a missed field goal Mm -hmm. and seven of LSU's points came on a pick six. So that's 42 to 42. feel like one turnover that turns a LSU touchdown drive into Mizzou possession is the
2: ball game right there.
1: Yeah, they've got to figure out a way to start forcing more turnovers.
2: Yeah, there's one point at the end of the game where I'm looking up at the scoreboard and I see the goose egg in the turnover column for Mizzou or for LSU. And I was like, man, that... That'd be huge. It tells start. the
0: story of the game right there. And there was one play in the first half where uh LSU fumbled it out of bounds. And <laughs> it was kind of like, ooh, that may have been the, mm-hmm. the moment. That may have been the opportunity that we missed. Um looking at the, some of the stats here to round it out. Um Brady Cook uh went over the 400 yard mark on the absolute like on a big play to Johnson to set up the you know field goal with five seconds left. most or garbage
1: time play ever but yeah. also incredible play from yes. brady and johnson
0: yeah so cook ends the game 30 of 47 passing 411 yards two touchdowns two interceptions schrader 13 carries for 114 yards and three touchdowns that's super
1: efficient on yeah. 13 carries yes wow
0: uh pete only two rushes on the game
1: yeah uh, i mean we just pretty much had to throw every play almost yeah
0: Luther Burden, eleven catches for one hundred and forty-nine. Weese four for eighty. Cooper four, seven for eighty. Uh, really, yeah, the offense was clicking for the most part.
1: You got uh, Malik Neighbors' stats, by any chance?
0: Uh, yeah, Malik Neighbors, six catches, one hundred forty-six yards, and a touchdown.
1: It was pretty awesome to see him and Burden going back and forth. Yes. Those guys are two, if not two, of the the best wide receivers in the country. If not the best two.
0: Yeah. Uh, both of them got to be top five. Yeah. Hmm. I know there's a lot of guys putting up numbers this year,
1: but... Those guys will both have long NFL careers, I believe.
0: Um, looking at some stats, uh, Brady Cook is now fifth in the country in passing yards. Wow. Luther Burden first in receiving yards.
1: And they got off to a very slow start even maybe they were playing checkers or they were playing chess, I guess. So they kind of took those first two games pretty slow. Mm-hmm. If they had the, the foot on the gas pedal, man. Yeah.
0: Was there any point in the LSU game where he felt like the offense needed to press down on the pedal a little harder and didn't? It really. I don't
1: know. I, I mean, it really, I, I don't, I did not get the feeling like we're just trying to get out of this game and yeah. you know, run the, run down the clock, kind of like they did against like Middle Tennessee State. It was like, all right, we got the lead, let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not get that feeling as much against LSU. I genuinely felt like they were playing pretty aggressive the whole game, and uh, I think LSU just made adjustments yeah. and uh, and then Missouri, I think, countered, punched again, and and made adjustments in the fourth quarter, but just couldn't get it done.
0: Um. Coach Drinkwitz talked about, uh, or one of the things he said uh, this week in his press conference was, he said every team in the East is still on the schedule. So that's a perfect segue into Kentucky, the first SEC. No, Vanderbilt's in the East. Uh, the rest of the East teams are still on the schedule. Um, And Drink talked about those pre-snap penalties. He talked about unsportsmanlike penalties on the defense being an issue. And yeah, that was a huge thing in this game with uh Walker getting ejected for two separate unsportsmanlike conduct penalties.
1: Yeah, we uh the referee ran over to Coach Drinkwitz after he got the second one and on the hot mic, like he forgot to turn his microphone off, and you could hear him say something about him spitting on a guy. And Coach Drinkwitz just did not fight it at all. He just immediately yeah. was just like threw up his hands, like in frustration with his own player. Yeah. Because there's just nothing <laughs> like you can say about that if no. that's really what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He said in the press conference, just like sort of generically, like we expect better. That's not how we play. Yeah. That's frustrating. And uh, talking about what needs to be better in the second half of the season, Drinkwitz specifically mentioned both sides of the ball need to be better on third down. And we, we, you know, we talked about Jaden Daniels um, extending drives with his legs on third down. And we know, even though it seems like it's been a little bit better as of late, uh, third down efficiency for the offense has been an issue. Um, but before we jump completely into Kentucky preview mode, I wanted to just, maybe I'll just throw some names at you or some positions at you and see just kind of what we're feeling or what you're thinking about. Their performance so far in the first half, obviously, still just the beginning of SEC play, but we've seen this team now quite a bit. If there's still question marks, that's a perfectly valid answer, but um, how are you feeling generally about uh, just some names here that we don't talk about as much? like On the defensive line, um, Jernigan, Landry, Realist George, Christian Williams... That interior of the defensive line, are we feeling good about that? I feel like they're going to be tested more, especially in the running game, as we get further into SEC play, starting this week against Kentucky.
1: Yeah, I think on a macro level, I think you have to be pretty happy with how the team's playing in general. And I think we knew that even bringing back a lot of the defense from last year, we were probably going to see some regression happen. Uh, we, you know losing uh isaiah mcguire and, and coleman were absolutely massive losses to the defensive line and whenever you whenever your defensive line is not as good it just affects the whole defense maybe more so than any other singular position on the defense in my opinion and so i think we're seeing that a little bit I, obviously we knew the defensive line was not gonna it was not gonna be as good but for the most part, I think they're playing pretty well. Um, I think having Robinson on the outside is, you know, not is less than ideal, and but I still think he's playing pretty well. Uh, I think it's you know, you make a good point. Like uh, where they're really going to be tested is probably these these SEC offenses that want to run the ball a lot, and so I think we're really going to see that um, with Kentucky this weekend. I think that'll probably be like the best test so far with how that interior uh, of the lines really holding up because they're they're going to have to be kind of the stars of the show on the defense this weekend probably more so than anybody so it's it's a big test but for the most part you know i i don't know that you can you can complain too much with with uh, how those guys have played
0: and then um the one player that's being singled out way too much on uh, social media and stuff after this lsu game is tyler stevens at tight end and he's had Obviously, he had a few drops in the LSU game. Had one big catch early for a first down. Uh, he's made some plays. The tight end room still hasn't quite put it together, but it's we kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on tight end? Do you see it changing much, or are we kind of just in for the same a repeat of the first half of the season?
1: I don't know. I mean, he did make a, a beautiful catch on a third down play at the beginning of the game, uh, and then follow that up with like four straight drops. So that's obviously really frustrating. Most of them are like pretty short passes that I don't know really changes anything. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm always a proponent to get the, I'm, I'm always advocating for those young players to get in, especially talented players like Norfleet. Um, am I watching Norfleet on every play? And no, I don't know if he's like, can block, hmm. you know, I don't know if he can hang around for every single play. Um, but I think he should be getting more snaps for sure and being put in more, like leveraged situations where he's having to like come up with a a big catch. Like if you're going to use Stevens that much in the receiving game, yeah, you might as well have Norfleet out there. Yeah. Because Norfleet's proven that, you know, he has an extremely high ceiling for what he's doing as a true freshman. I don't remember the last time I've seen a true freshman do the things that he's doing at the tied-in position. Probably Albert O. Probably, honestly. So I guess I'm in favor of uh, getting Norfleet out there as
0: much as we humanly can. And at the same time, though, him being a freshman, you got to wonder, he may not, you know, like you mentioned the blocking, but he's probably not going to have every different protection, uh, you know, perfectly memorized and every, he may not have the playbook down sure, completely yeah. as a true freshman where they f- feel comfortable doing that. And that's yeah. just one of the issues that we knew was going to happen. We didn't have, we didn't have a
1: super, any super talented
0: upperclassmen and the talent in the younger guys they're super young
1: yeah yeah i'm sure to some degree stevens is playing out of necessity but and there's probably some behind the scenes stuff that we aren't privy to but i would love to see norfleet um be out there more and dependent on more throw it to him more um he's shown that he can make those plays
0: um the defensive secondary is going to be tested a little bit more in the Kentucky game just because rakes draws out that's been confirmed now they're holding him out of the game as he tries to get back from a groin injury that sidelined him for uh, quite a bit of the second half against LSU and coach said it's something that's been kind of nagging him off and on for a few weeks now um what are you thinking with the secondary it feels like Chris Abrams drain is doing his thing Feels like the corners in general have been solid. I I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of just looking at the defense and being like, what's the issue here? Like yeah. we know the pass rush not quite there, but is there uh, something in the secondary that you think they're gonna improve on in the second half, or is there any question marks?
1: I don't know, man. I I think um, again going back to last year, like having that pass rush from DJ Coleman and Isaiah McGuire just covers up so many issues that I don't think we. We just, we maybe don't see as many issues this year if those two guys are still here. But I definitely feel like the safeties have not been as good as I had hoped. Uh, I think Carlisle has struggled a little bit in, in coverage and maybe hasn't made as many like physical plays as I feel like we're used to seeing him play. So And
0: we've been seeing the true freshman Burks a little bit that's maybe true. because of that.
1: Yeah, Carlisle missed the first game of the season with an injury, so I don't know if he's maybe still dealing with something, but I do feel like he hasn't really been the same player that we've seen in the past from him.
0: Yeah, without like breaking down his individual tape, it just feels like we're not hearing his name called very often.
1: Right, yeah, he's usually good for some some hard hits or, like, coming up to the line or um, he his usually gets a, uh, a few interceptions and mm-hmm. stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he has been a little invisible. Um, I think this the transfer from Florida, Johnson, has, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of him coming up and making plays either. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like the secondary has a lot of room to improve. The Like you mentioned, the injuries with the cornerbacks, but I don't think that that's been the issue as much. So I'd, I definitely would like to see the, the safety step up a little bit.
0: And then I feel like we've talked about uh, quarterback and receiver enough the last few weeks that we don't need to necessarily do a whole uh, mm-hmm. uh, breakdown of that. But I will mention, if you just take their stats from the first half of the season and double it, uh, Brady Cook would be sitting at 3,758 total yards, 32 touchdowns, and now four interceptions.
1: Yeah, I think we'll take that 10 out of 10 times.
0: Luther Burden, if you double his stats, 108 receptions, 1,586 yards, and 10 touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, we're talking Mizzou records, for, especially for Burden. If he's going to keep the pace that he's been going at, like for really all of those categories, like receptions, yards, touchdowns, he's, he's doing incredible stuff.
0: That combo, just knowing... You know, like Mizzou fandom can just sleep easy knowing that combination is back next year, yeah. no matter what happens in the second half.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome.
0: And then uh, Schrader, to his credit, uh, he's on pace for over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns uh, on the ground. So that's... Uh, that's what
1: happens when you get the ball 20 times a game. Yeah, I yeah, guess he's, so. I'm just kidding. He's, he's been awesome.
0: <laughs> um... All right, now moving on to Kentucky properly. Um, Kentucky ranked 24th in the AP poll. Missouri drops out, but I think they're number one receiving votes team. British Cameron, you okay? I don't think the listeners can hear you coughing. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh,
1: We are genuinely concerned about your health.
2: Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I was going to ignore it, but then I was like, what if this is an actual medical emergency? Um... Kentucky was 5 and 0 on the season with wins over Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt and Florida before losing to Georgia last week 51 to 13.
1: Yeah, Kentucky has been a very difficult team for me at least to predict what they're going to do because uh you know they get the, the big transfer in the offseason and with Devin Leary, they have the offensive coordinator uh, Liam Cohen come back after spending a year with the Rams and you know he was really good when he was at Kentucky um, in the past. So they kind of have these things really going for them in the off season. Uh, their offensive line should be better, all this stuff, and then they start off the season uh, pretty pretty bad. Like they have some very very beatable opponents that they seem to kind of struggle with, uh, and then they kind of. So I was putting the fraudulent tag on them and stuff, and pick them and stuff, and then uh, they just were me wrong. They start. They beat Florida, and they're five and zero going into Georgia game. And then so I like, I start changing my tune a little bit. I and I think I said last week that they would probably not beat Georgia, but they will cover, and they just get blown out. Yeah. Well, so, and I picked
0: them to win outright. So
1: yeah. <laughs> so they have uh, they've been a little bit of a confusing team so far in uh, trying to predict what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, and I was I've been kind of on the Kentucky is good bandwagon uh, with Cohen coming back, and you know with. Leary being a one of the top transfer quarterbacks in the country last off season,
1: He's Played a lot of football,
0: and their defense is like borderline top ten, top fifteen defense in the country. Um, I really thought they, I, you know, I was for pick of them trying to get you the really upset. They going to win the natty trying this to get year. the upset points, but uh, uh, I really thought they'd be way more competitive against Georgia. Yeah, because Georgia's been like starting slow in a lot of these games for and sure. needing to mount a little bit of a comeback or kind of turn on the gas late yeah and i thought that would play right into kentucky's hands of just yeah maybe getting a lead early and then uh grinding the game to an end but yeah
1: but georgia came out swinging and i don't think uh they have really done that very much this season
0: yeah no that's definitely true uh georgia played by far their best game of the year um looking at i was looking at kentucky's win over florida they just put it on florida early jumped out to a 16-0 lead in the first quarter and they were able to just coast off of that um because of their defense and their running game uh leary only threw the ball 19 times for 69 yards in that game
1: yeah i mean i think that's the worst possible thing that can happen when you're playing kentucky that's what if that's what they want to do is just grind away the win get up early and kind of game script you to death and mm-hmm. that's what they did against florida and we just i i don't know man we cannot afford to let that happen on saturday but if they could design a win that's exactly how they want to do it
0: so then they play Georgia, and in that game, Carson Beck just is throwing it all over the field. He He's 28 of 35 passing for 389 and four touchdowns in that game.
1: Yeah, and then, like I said, basically exact opposite, where Kentucky now has to throw the ball to stay in the game, and yeah. it's that's, like, the worst thing that could happen. So yes. Missouri really needs to be aggressive like they were against LSU. Like, if, if Missouri does exactly what they did in the first half against LSU, like, get up by a couple scores, like... I don't think Kentucky's coming back. Yeah. I don't think they are built to throw the ball around and uh, make big plays consistently and stuff through the air. So that will be uh the, the nightmare scenario for Kentucky if they have to try and claw back in the game against Missouri.
0: And for better or worse, Missouri kind of wants to get a lead and then speed the game up and get the game over with as quickly as possible. Now. They
1: haven't exactly done that super well yeah but they've We're, tried we don't
0: always know if that's the best strategy uh for this missouri team but, but that's what they want to do yes exactly um yeah devin leary obviously transfers over from nc state and uh, he was actually recruited to nc state by coach drinkwitz he was asked about that in the press conference and uh didn't want to talk about it too much since they're playing him but uh that's just weird how long ago that was mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, he's only completing 55% of his passes this year for 7.5 yards per attempt, 12 touchdowns, 5 interceptions.
1: Yeah, he's really been pretty unremarkable, totally pedestrian. Uh, very pedestrian. Uh maybe would you say mediocre even? Yeah, mid. Mid. He's been very mid. Uh it's like yeah, he's very experienced, he's very smart. He's going to make the right decision a lot of the times, but he really has not been explosive this year and It just—I don't know. I'm not that scared of him. Uh, With our secondary, me too. um, I think we're gonna. Like, this is the weird thing about this game is like all the matchup stuff seems like it favors us, but I know better based on how this game has gone in the past. To where something's something's gonna go awry, and it's gonna be close or something.
0: Absolutely, this is a one-possession game. Yes. Uh, yeah, Devin Leary does not scare me. He played his best football two years ago Mm -hmm. for NC State. Um, he's washed up that's, washed.
1: What, that's what you're saying yeah basically
0: <laughs> however who does scare me is ray davis holy crap he uh you know one of the reasons they were able to be so successful um putting the game away against florida is they just handed it to hamilton uh the team ran the ball 36 times in the game against florida for 329 yards and with now Perhaps LSU was throwing something at Mizzou with the running game that they hadn't put on tape a lot before that game, but LSU kind of made Missouri's run defense look a little shaky, Yeah, and Kentucky wants to do that, and Ray Davis is definitely capable of it. He's ninth in the country in rushing yards, first in the SEC, Schrader's second in the SEC, by the way.
1: Yeah yeah i think the difference there is that we didn't know lc was going to do that True. and so everything they've done this season like has just everything goes through Jaden daniels yeah and uh so i think that was maybe what caught us off guard a little bit was like oh okay they're really trying to trying to establish it
0: yeah daniels had more rushing attempts on the season than digs right going into the game
1: so i think at least we'll know that kentucky's going to try to to run the ball a lot but their, their offensive line is better than i thought they they're really pretty creative and run a lot of different run schemes and stuff so they're they're going to get they're going to get some stuff on the ground there's pretty much no way around it
0: yeah so basically for missouri's defense you got to be playing to not let ray davis turn a seven yard run into a fifteen yard run. And we can't let him turn a fifteen yard run into a thirty yard touchdown. Right. We gotta make them grind for these scores.
1: Yeah. And Kentucky's has two really good wide receivers and Dane Key, especially I feel like is a guy who's kind of burned Missouri uh in the past. But um I just feel like I can see it now where Missouri's selling out for the run and they're they're doing a pretty good job containing uh ray davis and then dane key just breaks like a 60 yard touchdown like on a slant or something Mm -hmm. like it just i feel like i can just see it now where we we're doing really really well and just in a pivotal moment just one of their wide receivers breaks a huge play um whenever we're not expecting it
0: and that's uh, i mean that's basically been their entire passing offense has Mm -hmm. been catch off guard huge uh huge plays like that that just uh bust the defense open um Defensively for Kentucky, this is the best defense Missouri has played by far. Yeah. Um, they really just are, they really do a good job. And nothing's changed with their defense. They do an excellent job of limiting you to uh, but what I'm just, what I'm asking Missouri's defense to do. They limit your big plays, they make you work for it by really sustaining drives. Yes. Yeah. And that scares me a little bit because can missouri like are we in a loud atmosphere in a night game can missouri have a 12 play touchdown drive without it getting derailed by a false start or something like yeah
1: that's that is true and we're probably gonna have to try and dink and dunk a little bit more than we did against lsu obviously um it's gonna have to maybe be a little bit more calculated longer drives and stuff so that is a little bit of a scary thought. Can we can we string a whole a whole drive of ten to twelve plays together without messing up? Um, I don't know.
0: And another thing that I've been noticing, or notice more in recent weeks, is um, the tackling is better in SEC play than it was yeah. in the in before conference play started. So Luther Burden, while he's still making big plays. We're not seeing as many of these where, like, he's bouncing off of four defenders and turning something, you know, that was going to go for a short gain into a touchdown. Now, I think he can still do that against SEC opponents. It's just going to be less often. Yeah. So I think he's actually due to break a tackle and take a slant to the house or something big, uh, game changing play. Teams the last couple of games. Teams have been doing a pretty good job of keeping him out of the end zone. So I don't know. I look for maybe a little bit of. Uh, it sounds weird to call it a bounce back game because he's leading the country in re- receiving yards, but <laughs> it's like so more of these touches should be turning into points. Yeah, directly from him.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, he has what five straight games with 100 yards receiving. Yeah, and I mean that's getting pretty close to Denario Alexander's his six game.
0: Yes, his the record for consecutive. Hundred yard receiving games is six from Alexander.
1: That's a tough matchup to get a hundred yard receiving against that race Kentucky. So yeah. that's the meta game to watch for. Can he get a hundred yard receiving? Keep the record going.
0: Uh overall, you think how much success Missouri's offense going to have?
1: I think they'll. I think they'll be okay. Uh, it's not LSU's secondary, but um, you know Missouri's really balanced. They have a lot of options. Um, Cody Schrader apparently has a quad injury, so I don't know if he's going to be at full strength too, so that's something to keep an eye on. Well,
0: Coach was saying he wasn't at full strength against LSU, and nobody could tell,
1: basically. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's a beast. But um, I think Brady's going to be wanting to bounce back a little bit, just kind of flush the loss out, um, kind of exercise some demons here against Kentucky. Uh, uh, just a team that, man, just... Spooky stuff happens every time we play them. Like, doesn't matter what the matchup is, doesn't matter what the record is. The officials are always against us, and <laughs> uh, something weird happens.
0: Kroger Field,
1: is that what it's called? Yeah,
0: grocery store field. Oh man, pretty cool. You like it? Yeah.
1: Hmm. No, I hate it. <laughs> I feel like something about their stadium is just kind of boring. Maybe it's just the Kroger. Kroger name
0: a grocery store is probably the most boring thing that could sponsor your field yeah um f- man i'm thinking about my prediction here and i'm pretty certain in preseason i had this down as a loss
1: i can't remember what i did
0: it may have been missouri's third loss on my preseason predictions you were down on kentucky i was high that's on that's true kentucky, i probably so. had
1: them winning this game
0: I feel like this is the ultimate coin flip game, fifty fifty. Yeah. Gonna come down to the end. There, a pick em. There's gonna be there's gonna be drives where Missouri's offense just looks great and they're they are picking up four or five yards and just marching down the field. And then there's gonna be I think there's gonna be more punts uh, in this game than we saw last week.
1: Hopefully no seventeen yard punts. <laughs> um I mean just
0: razor thin margins, I feel like. Yeah, on the road. Again,
1: we're gonna have to get a turnover, I think, to win the game. But I do think we're gonna win the game. Okay. I'll say my prediction. Okay, go for it. I think Missouri's gonna win thirty to twenty (sighs) seven. Thirty to twenty seven. Is that higher scoring than you thought?
0: Uh no, not really. Because as you were before you said it, I wrote down mine. And I've 28, got 27. I've got twenty eight twenty seven, Kentucky. Oh, and I'm hoping to be wrong two weeks in a row. Me too. You're hoping I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that feels like it. Like I would be willing to say you're playing to thirty. Team gets thirty. Yeah, they win.
1: Yeah, let me tell you, Cameron. This game is large. Yeah, this game is very very important and. I don't know that if you lose this game, it's like the end of the world or anything like that, but it's about as close as you can get to that in football terms, probably like it's just, man, Missouri has to do something to be willing to get up to that second place spot or even give themselves a chance to win the East. Like, I don't think that's happening the way Georgia played last week, but uh, you got to give yourself the chance to, to be there and there's just no chance if you're losing this game.
0: Producer Cameron, can you find me a, a spread for Mizzou, Kentucky? Um, Yeah, lose to Kentucky. I mean, in theory, lose to Kentucky, beat South Carolina, lose to Georgia, lose to Tennessee,
1: beat Florida, beat Arkansas. You're 8-4. and four. So, so this is potentially the, the difference between a good and special season. Yeah. Would you say nine wins is a special season?
0: Mm-hmm i feel like you're, it's like begging for some other fan base to clown on us by me saying like well f- yeah considering recent history <laughs> and uh
1: you know we're talking about missouri i would say probably not 10 wins special season yeah 10 wins you're looking at potentially playing in atlanta
0: yeah uh, and uh, maybe uh whatever they're called nine or six yeah, Bowl.
1: nine wins and a second place finish in the east that's a great season
0: yeah i'm with you
1: probably not special the Eight line.
0: wins, that's good and solid and really Probably things we moving in a positive direction, and really what, something to build on.
2: What we should hope for every season. I would agree with that. The line is Kentucky by two and a half.
1: Oh, well, we're wow.
0: all right around that uh, number. I got <laughs> heck, <I'm laughs> Missouri losing but covering.
1: Oh, you're right, right.
0: Oh, man. It's going to be a very close coin flip type game, but... It is it is
1: if it's if it's a blowout, who wins? Missouri. Think so?
0: I do think so. If it's a blowout, Kentucky's offense can't get anything going. And it's a blowout like thirty-five to thirteen or something. That kind of blowout.
1: I like that. I agree. Missouri gets up early. Kentucky's all out of sorts. They gotta try to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They don't wanna do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Missouri's able to coast a little bit. They score a couple touchdowns in the second half, put it away for good.
1: I would be very, very happy if that happened. Yeah.
0: If that happens, like halftime scores, like 21 to seven or something. Oof. I, that's a, you know, I can see in it. I'm seeing it. Okay. It's a possible future for us.
1: That's, yeah.
0: But uh, I feel like there's a lot of possible futures where Kentucky wins it by a field goal or less. They just they just eke it out.
1: I don't think I can handle it mm. if that happens. Well,
0: the one thing I'll say: th- these Eli Drinkwitz teams they bounce back from losses pretty well. They they don't get too down about it, and the things we've been hearing about, uh, f- hearing from the players in the press conferences and stuff. Darius Robinson was talking about how they feel like they're more together than ever, and Drinkwitz was talking about that. He. Coach Drink, as annoying as he can be sometimes, I'll say annoying, uh, in his press conferences, you know, he really does an excellent job of protecting the players. I'm using air quotes because, but he really does shield them from criticism in a way that I'm impressed by. Like he came into the the Kentucky press conference, and the first thing he wanted to say was he wanted to correct himself from the lsu post game press conference where he incorrectly laid out who was which player was to blame on a uh, defensive breakdown didn't name the player or anything but he was talking about a specific play and he came out and corrected himself and said no i explained that wrong uh that was not his responsibility i never should have gone down that path without knowing for sure what i was talking about and obviously we know about how he has handled um brady cook and stuff but I don't know. That's the kind of that's the kind of coach that we may not see it. We may get annoyed by some of the answers from some, uh, from time to time. But that's the kind of coach that I think the players can really yeah. rally behind and hold themselves accountable because the coach is doing that publicly. Yeah, you know, on yeah, behalf he, of the team.
1: He consistently accepts responsibility mm-hmm. and burps a lot.
0: <laughs> that, that is. <laughs> I'm a connoisseur of cinnamon rolls. You know, diet Coke and cinnamon rolls—it'll do that to you. It's a great combo. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. It's going to be a close game. We got any other close games this week? You ready to pick the rest of the SEC
1: games? There's a few. Let's do it. I did bad last week. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Nebraska coming up with a big win. Yeah. Yeah. Last last week.
0: Never saw yeah. it coming. Well,
1: never. Happened you again. never do. <laughs>
2: Uh righty, recapping last week, Cameron got two points, Oh, Kyle got four, I got five, and the guest pickers got four.
1: Oh, I thought that was about to jump up to six.
2: Mm. No. Well, congratulations. And then, so that brings our season totals to Cameron has 39, the guest pickers have 40, Kyle has 41, and I have 42.
0: Wow. No worries here. No, don't even
2: trip. we get getting it all back all. this week. No ball access here. Guest picker this week is Tyler. Hey, welcome hey, back. Welcome, man. How's How that you? sun? Bright? How you feeling, Tyler? <laughs> First up is number 1 Georgia at Vanderbilt. Georgia is a 31 and a half point favorite. Georgia. Georgia. Georgia.
1: Georgia has a pretty easy schedule. Yeah. All things considered.
2: Until Mason comes to town. Mm-hmm. Next up is Arkansas at number 11, Alabama. Alabama is a 19.5-point favorite.
0: I'm not going to say Alabama by a million because, I don't know, it feels like Arkansas hangs around a little bit more than they deserve to do in some of these games.
1: Three point game with LSU early yeah. in the season. That's it's mm-hmm. annoying.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll, give me Bama. I'll take Alabama.
2: Alabama all around. Next game is Florida at South Carolina. South Carolina is a two-and-a-half-point favorite.
0: Um, What's my narrative here? Uh, You're anti-Florida. Yes. South Carolina wins this. Give me Florida. Spencer Rattler does enough. Florida fraudulent.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'll go South Carolina.
2: And Tyler takes Florida.
1: Ooh. I like that. 2v2. Mm-hmm.
2: Texas A&M at number 19, Tennessee. Tennessee is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I feel like I keep wanting to pick A&M. Give me A&M. An a- 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 an- and Anemone. and m Anemone.
0: Oh, yeah. I picked them <laughs> against Alabama.
1: Yeah. When, uh, this is at Tennessee, you said?
2: Yeah. Tyler takes Tennessee. You go first.
1: Uh yeah I'll take Tennessee,
2: and what do you say A and M?
0: I'll go A&M. Ooh. Ooh, A and M.
1: Ooh two two. I changed my
0: mind. I want Tennessee. I want Tennessee. Oh. I want Tennessee. All right. Sorry 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 Tennessee.
1: You're gonna let him b- blow us out again.
0: Yeah. I know I, I I feel like I want him on an island though. Okay. I feel okay. Like.
1: Okay we got to single him out for good or for bad.
0: Yeah. And Is that collusion?
1: <laughs> what we just did.
0: Kind of. Hey. Um. We can collude against him. They, like, uh, making the guest pickers do all their picks before we say anything is collusion every week.
1: I so, suppose. Yeah.
2: This is a pro collusion podcast.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We're in favor of it.
2: Last game is Auburn at number twenty two LSU. LSU is an eleven and a half point favorite.
1: Uh yeah, I think LSU wins that by like twenty.
0: I agree with you.
2: Are we rooting for LSU
1: the rest of the way?
0: Or do we care? Are we rooting against them? Those are the
1: options. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, sure.
0: Root for LSU? I guess. Jaden Daniels is fun to root for and watch.
1: I guess, yeah.
0: You're you're indifferent?
1: I guess we should be, yes. Hmm. If we we keep winning, then yes. I think the strength of schedule will will matter. Okay. Yeah, give me LSU.
2: LSU all around. No Nebraska. It. No Nebraska. Oh. They're off this week. Cowards. Lucky for you guys. They didn't want to face us.
0: <laughs> After a win. <laughs> uh, you all right over there? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Let me find my names. Good luck, uh, Tyler. We'll see you on the gridiron. And special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim keens Tyler Harsel Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, and Luis Hernandez. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, gentlemen. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod. And you can email us at Missouri Sports at gmail.com.
2: You can find our t shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports com Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.
0: After one.